it's an amazing, amazing rich tapestry. So that's what we're going to be throughout this entire journey learning about. And because we all experience it, everyone's a time weaver. Everyone's an expert. And that's why we're here. We're here to bring you into the conversation and to help everyone feel that they have time freedom and get out of the time prison of clock time. Welcome to the Quest for Presence podcast. This is an intentional community of time weavers. Many of us have been burdened by clock time. We forget that there are so many wonderful and beautiful features in this gift of time. Come join us. There is a treasure for you in every episode. The metaphor that I've used for years around this is what I call the precious weave of time. Um, And everyone who comes to this community is a time weaver. And we're going to hear from different time weavers today and throughout every podcast about how we weave time in this life. And when you look at the map, I want you to imagine a square. On the left of the square, the left side of the square is birth. On the right side of the square is death. And at the bottom is time. In the middle is present. So here we are in the present between our birth and our death. And all along the way is time. But at the top of the square is open. It's like an open ceiling. Um, What's that song by Farrell, Happy? Right? What is that line? What does he say about the roof? Like a room without a roof. Right, with a room without a roof. <laughs> yes. <right? laughs> and so that, that, is, that room without a roof is where we are, and, and that without a roof is timelessness. So we all have this experience of timelessness, of special moments of eternity that are woven into our experience of this life. So what we're doing in this work is the tapestry, the weaving, and what you're going to learn are all the forces that make that weave happen, the treasures that lie in that, the capacities we each have to experience timelessness, and the daily trajectories of things that just happen, the routines, the schedules, the pacing, the timing of the day. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing rich tapestry. So that's what we're going to be throughout this entire journey learning about. And because we all experience it, everyone's a time weaver. Everyone's an expert. And that's why we're here. We're here to bring you into the conversation and to help everyone feel that they have time freedom and get out of the time prison of clock time. All right, Joel, uh, great uh, opening, but what's the big picture here? <laughs> the big picture is this. We're, you know, the big picture is that as we talk about time pressure has been a a cause of so many problems from its impact on health and well-being, burnout. There would be no burnout if there was not time pressure. There would be no um, climate change if there was no time pressure. 
because it's the it's the machine of the industrialization and the constant production of things we don't need, right? And and raping the earth. That's all because somebody said we got to make money, we got to do this, we got to keep distributing, right? We know what it means to have sustainable farming. We know what it means to have no no peak oil. We know all the things, but we don't do it because we keep getting back on that time treadmill and forget about what's precious. The other part of the big picture is the the ancient wisdom that comes from scripture, from all religions that talk about this idea of timelessness, uh, the idea that God rested on the Sabbath, right? Mm. <laughs> and told us to do the same, right? And that's one thread. The other thread is the modern science. We are learning so much about time from uh, psychology of time, uh, quantum science, right? <clears throat> Neuro neurological studies of time perception. So we're going to be talking about all of that and having experts on to talk about that. Um, there's so much to know. And what's what, the other part of this is that when we stop to talk about time in a relationship, it's, it's related to intimacy. There can be no intimacy without pausing and stopping, right? So what we're trying to do here is open up a whole new portal, a wormhole, right, <laughs> into a much more expansive and spacious view and help people be healthy, heal the planet, get back together with your loved ones, pause and relish the preciousness of this life. That's the big picture. Okay. So wh where do we where do we start on this journey, Joel? We start with you, Ronnie. Oh. <laughs> Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, we have some uh there's a team here, uh uh the three musketeers and me. Um I don't know what you guys want to call yourselves. Why don't you introduce yourselves and say what you have to say, but you know, don't go on for 5 minutes each. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christy, why don't you uh uh, kick us off. I, I feel like he's telling me to time manage here. <laughs> but it's fine. I can do this. I got my little uh, hourglass here, so I stay on time. My name is Christy. I am the co-founder and CEO of Now Life, um, and of which is my belief where we live life is right now, right here. Just I just say it in a different way. All right, Art, this is your part. Yeah. Hey, I'm Art Wimberly from Birmingham, Alabama, a person grateful to be in long-term recovery. And uh, most of my days are spent doing uh, coaching or counseling using the wisdom of the Enneagram and other sacred text and the 12 steps of AA uh, to help people not only get sober, but to live their biggest life. Beautiful. And uh, last, but definitely, last but definitely not least, uh, I am Ronnie Gatry, also from Birmingham, Alabama. Husband, father, and professionally a real estate marketing coach. But at about sundown, I turn into a digital media creative with a specialization on podcast production. Um, <laughs> my nugget is. Uh, I am terrible with time, which is why I feel like I'm involved with this incredible production. 
Great. Yeah, so um, we have Birmingham. By the way, I'm, I'm in North Texas, and Christy is in South Oklahoma. Um, so we're all in that part of the country. I hope those of you who are listening on the coasts still will listen to us, even though we're here in the middle, um, more or less, right? So, Christy, anything come up, or are you still percolating? Am I percolating? Uh, there's just so much, you know, I think your mind, my mind is <laughs> you're crazy. I love this topic. Um, but in my own personal life and journey, um, I would say the nugget that I give is every moment you're arriving, you're arriving to the moment of now. You're not past, you're not future. You're only here now. And it's the only place we'll ever live in. And once we embrace that and understand that and utilize our power, in our now moment and the being present, um, we can flourish from there. We can create many, many a great things, just like you said, Joel. There's so much life to be lived and it's lived from here and now. Yeah, that's that's great. So that let's use that as a as a starting point because this idea of be here now and living in the moment. I, I think from having done the, you know, work, research on this is that it cuts both ways. Because if we live too much in the moment, we live too much in the be here now, we forget about future generations. You know, we forget about maybe what responsibilities we have. And um, we may act in ways that are sort of, if you will, hedonistic. Now, I know that's not what Christie meant, right? Uh, so what we talk about in this work is be here now, but also be here in what we're going to use. I'm going to use a term the whole time of your life. Right. Have you ever used the phrase, where were you the whole time? Or what? I don't know what happened the whole time. So whole time is itself another way of looking at be here now. But in that frame that I talked about earlier from from birth to to death, right? There's a one of the scriptures that we uh, refer to uh, in this work is from the Psalms, and in uh, Psalm 39:4, uh, David says, uh, "Show me, O Lord, my life's end. My life is a hand breadth before Thee." Right. So it's this idea that we know at some level that we're going to die. Right. We know. So that's our whole time perception. So be here now and also be here in the whole time of what's happening. So that's a comment to help us also understand the big picture, Ronnie, too. Right. Nice. You know, Joe, if I may, that really stirred something up in me. Um, uh, certainly the importance of being presence and something I've struggled with um, most of my life, uh, but not being aware that I struggled with it until much later in life. But even then, this idea of past, present, and future, and how do we keep them integrated well and healthily, and which one of those is actually leading the way at any given time, is another part of that uh, kind of that uh, trinity or triad of keeping things balanced and harmonized. And as someone who has lived in an unconscious tension about the use of time for decades, and now at 68 is are staring down this idea, I don't have much 
time left and then trying to figure out what does it mean at a later stage to learn how to become more present uh, so that wholeness that you mentioned actually flows. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else have comment or do we want to dive into starting to look at the connoisseur of time? Let's get into the connoisseur. Oh, I'm sorry, Christy. Wait, 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 wait. Christy woke up. <laughs> oh, Christy's yes. back. Christy. <laughs> I woke up. Well, I was just going to relate to Art. I was just going to say, I think that many of us simply go through life sleepwalking. We go through life sleepwalking, and it is time that we awake and we, we consciously live. But I, I think it's so easy to do. And that's, that's, that's really what we do as a society is we, we are sleepwalking through life. And so this is this whole part, you know, everything is this great awakening as to, oh, there's life to be lived. And, and I can actually enjoy that. And as you put it, you know, it's the weave, you know, of life. And that's exciting. Like it's exciting when you wake up. It's very exciting. Yeah, but it, but it, it is it is interesting, Christy, to your point. I think I can look at my own life and maybe later in life, look at others as I've worked with them that idea that most people wouldn't even know what we're talking about when we're saying being asleep or awake because they're functioning in life, maybe high functioning. And this whole idea that there's a deeper consciousness that goes along. And I think Joel did a great job in kind of sort of time when he gave those six reasons you might not want to go on the journey right now and gave people a lot of freedom. And, and one of those was, you know, your life might actually be working really well, even though you have not examined this issue. Why call, you know, why, why invite problems? And yeah. so I, I think he did a great job of giving people freedom to understand where they are right now and letting them figure out if this is actually uh, this time issue is actually the thing they need to really look at. Exactly. I agree. It's like a great adventure, which I'm all yeah. about. I mean, yeah. <laughs> let the adventure begin. <laughs> Yeah, this all it's 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 we're going to get more into that, that idea that this is an invitation, right, that, you know, <laughs> if you're coming to this and you're saying, Christy said, I'm sleepwalking. Well, who the who are you to tell me I'm sleepwalking? You know, I've got it together. So but if you meet Christy, she's, she's not. <laughs> I get it. Right. So really, I'm a mom. I'm, I, you know, I mean, all of you out there. So I think the thing to say there is that we haven't said it yet is this is an invitation. Right. It's always an invitation. And um, we're not here to proselytize, but to open up the conversation and to do it in a way that invites you from wherever you are in this in this journey. Right. Uh, so we try our best with having different perspectives here and different voices. Uh, and hopefully we will have some live episodes where you'll be invited to share your own perspective um, when you'll be um, aware, made aware of that. But yeah, Art, thanks for bringing back to the connoisseur of time and, and the fact that there are many reasons why you don't want to do this journey. But there may be reasons that you do want to do this journey, too. And I think um, one of those is this, this idea that um, goes back to this very thing, that in the forward to the book, um, my colleague, uh, Roger Yanka, he, he says, unless the average person wakes up to the oppressive and even destructive nature of clock time, 
we will continue to prioritize convenience. Like what's most important is convenience. And we do that mostly unconsciously. Uh, you know, we are at risk as we fail to delay gratification and always opt for the quick fix. So I'm curious if anyone agrees with that statement, Roger, and or what they think about this idea that we are asleep and we're asleep because we are prone to convenience and the quick fix. Um, I've got some thoughts uh, on this one, Joel, if I may. Uh, this this is just this expertly describes my morning this morning. Um, I, I've I've had the opportunity to share with uh, Joel and Christy about. Uh, since I've turned 40, these these moments where I'm up at 2 a.m. wide awake and there's no chance of me going back to sleep. Well, when when I read this, um, I had a morning like that this morning as well. But when I read this, I, I, I took time to take inventory on like where I am spiritually when that's happened. And it's negative. Oh, uh, I'm not going to go back to sleep. I, I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, the clock says one fifty-seven. I have to do all these things today. I'm going to be a wreck today. I'm going to be tired today. But, uh, you know, today was different. You know, I, I <laughs> thanks to you, Joel, I, and, and you may expound on this at some point. But, you know, I took the clock out of the equation and I was awake and I was, I was lively. I, I even got up and had an, had an excellent workout. You know, but I took that time to really be present as we're talking about with Ronnie. Ignore the clock. Okay, we're up. We're up for a reason. The reason's not important. There's tons of stuff to do, even at 2 a.m. Let's get out of bed and let's tackle it. And I was able to jumpstart my day. And just just for a moment, I guess, not drown in that negativity just because of, like you said in the opening, there's so many resources that say you need X amount of hours of sleep. Uh, you're optimized at this time and so forth. I ignored all those for even one morning. And uh, so far, <laughs> it has gone very well. So that's that's kind of what I think of um, when I when I read the forward. You, yeah, it's working, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie's working the program. <laughs> Yeah, anyone else? Yeah? I I was just going to say, obviously, I introduced myself as a person grateful to be in long-term recovery, so (laughs) there's much in that statement that I couldn't deny in terms of delayed gratification uh, that I wouldn't, and the opt for the quick fix, that's basically addiction, right? So, uh, but I will tell you this, I don't know that I ever connected my addiction and in terms of clock time or the, uh, or time, I don't think I also connected it to, uh, the larger picture of other people and expanding out into even the, the health of the planet, if that makes sense. So those are concepts that are really newer for me, uh, beginning to try to expand that kind of a thinking and where that connection comes in. Plus just even this sense of the destructive nature of clock time, so I'm hoping you can talk or somebody here today can talk more about the idea. I didn't even know there was anything besides clock time. <laughs> well, that's going to that's the whole point of this journey, right? That that we're we're going to be understanding how this tapestry works, right? This kaleidoscope and that there are so many other forces at work. So maybe we'll get to that if we don't run out 
of time later. <laughs> so that's what's, you know, the amazing thing about this work, and I'm, I'm going to, we will come back to this, is that time, the word time is the most used word in the English language, uh, either in itself or its idioms, you know, past, present, future, tomorrow, before, after. Um, and so it's, we, we are in it. We're so in it that we don't take the time again to contemplate, which we'll get into. So yeah, what's happening now, I think everyone who's listening is we're contemplating. We're all contemplating together. And instead of only having to contemplate alone, that's what the purpose of this is, is we can contemplate together, witness together. So I do want to come back to this, though, because the, in the, the idea of Ronnie waking up, you know, in the middle of the night, because this is important. You know, in the, the recent issue of Spirituality and Health magazine, there's an article by Clark Strand, um, and it's called Wake Up to the Dark kind of coincidentally, right? Um, he's the author of Waking Up to the Dark, the Black Madonna's Gospel for an Age of Extinction and Collapse. <laughs> that's, the, that's the, and in it he writes, the oldest word for meditation in the Western canon is the Hebrew word suach, a word that appears only once in the Bible. In Genesis, he writes, and Isaac went out to meditate suach in the field at the eventide. And this term eventide will come up again and again in the ancient scriptures and also in the Quran and other places. Because the word is so old and so rare, its precise meaning is now uncertain as if it were the artifact of a much older practice that even then was already disappearing from the world. It could have meant, and Ronnie, this is for you, not only to meditate, but maybe to get up and do something. Right? It could have meant to get up and pray, to mutter, to chat, to complain, right? <laughs> right? And so what, what we've lost going way, way, way back in the history of the human consciousness is this idea that we do wake up in the morning sometime to connect with something beyond ourselves, right? And so it sounds like, Ronnie, that there was a treasure moment for you this morning. Oh, for sure. Yeah, what was that? It was the spirit of creativity. Um, it, there was a, uh, a digital media project I've been, you know, kind of at a stalemate on creatively. And um, I woke up with that on my heart. And I, you know, I jumped out of bed and I, you know, I went to my MacBook and uh, the energy I had, <laughs> it gave me, I mean, it, it gave me everything I needed to push through the end of that project and, you know, of course, deliver it to a client. And um, I just remember, I, 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 I get a good sense of, <laughs> I'm overusing energy, but I get a good en energy from doing creative work. And the fact that I was able to complete that with such clarity in that moment made me so excited, you know? So uh, I'm thinking, and, and I was thinking on the way to the gym, what if I just rolled around in bed for two more hours and not seize that opportunity? Beautiful. So 
that notice this is really great. That's what I love. Once you start looking at the language, you know, there's this, this seize the day, right? Carpe yeah. diem. Um, the, this, there's a term uh, called clutch, you know, where it's like you clutched it, you know? And that's a treasure, right? That sent that kind of like little victory, you know, which gives you energy. And there's some spontaneity in there as well, right? So those experiences, which we're going to get into, come from the soul, they come from a deeper place. And that to go back to art, it comes from the souls connecting to a different, deeper cosmological time. It, you know, if, if Ronnie had connected to clock time only, he wouldn't have had that, right? But it's because in his own innate genius, right? Really, he connected to something more powerful and made him alive, right? And that's spirituality right there.